episode 82 of the Reinventure Me podcast. Well, you know the future is not what it used to be. You need to make a big change, one much different than where you've been. Well, here's your mental game plan for rebuilding your future. Thanks for joining us. Find your next great beginning. Welcome to the Reinventure Me podcast with your hosts, Larry Gates and Armin Asadi. Hey there, welcome to the Reinventure Me podcast. Coming at you one more time, one more week. This is Larry Gates and Armin Asadi. And uh, this is the podcast for what's next in life. And that's, you know, part of the adventure and part of the fun. That's right. That's right. Armin and I are here because we want to help you discover new ways to reinvent your life, your opportunities, and really to unleash the power that's within you that God has put there to accomplish a purpose. And uh, that's what we are here to try and inspire. This is episode 82, and we're going to talk about the mental game plan for rebuilding your future. You'll find the show notes at reinventure.me slash eight two. Before we get into our episode, though, we like to kick things off with an inspire me. So Armin, lay it on us. Yeah, so this is uh, by an unknown author of this quote, but it says, before you climb the ladder of success, make sure it's not leaning on the wrong wall. Right on. <laughs> How many people do that, though? <laughs> yeah, to, to do it ahead of time? <laughs> yeah, you don't know. Uh, see, you start with little step ladders, you don't even know they're leaning on a wall, but right. pretty soon it's rung after rung, and then you're at the top. 20 years or deep. Or near the top, 20 yeah. years deep. Yep. And you realize... I've been climbing something that probably is not getting me where I want to go. Yep. yep. And that's what we want to talk about in this episode. Mm -hmm. So this episode is really for those who know they need to take a different path that they've been on. Perhaps you've been going along and doing something for so long that you're just, you know, you're exhausted. You're not sure exactly what kind of change you need to make. You just know that if you keep doing the same thing over and over again, you're going to get the same results and they're not very satisfying. In fact, year right. after year, they get less satisfying. Right. And year after year, it even gets more scary to make a change because it's almost better the devil you know than the devil that you don't know. Right. And that resistance is really hard. I liken that to being in a cul-de-sac. Yep. You know, you just, you know, you're, you're stuck. There's not a lot of places you can go. You sometimes need to turn around and just find another road to go mm -hmm. down. A lot of situations like that. I've run into a lot of people. I have been down the cul-de-sac in my own life many, many times. We've talked about this on a number of episodes, I mean, where right. you know, even as a business owner, you know, you think yeah. if you own your own business, you are satisfied every day and pushing things along. But that's not true. You can no. get into your own business and you can get into a rut and you can move into a cul-de-sac. And there are times when I fired myself because I wasn't doing a very good job. <laughs> you know? Yeah. How did that firing go? Well, the firing part was fast <laughs> and swift. <laughs> Uh, it's, it was the remorseful rehiring the next day. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fine. We'll take you back. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you, you look around and you go, there's nobody else standing in line. So I guess you've got your job back. Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, but seriously, I've met a lot of people who burned out for whatever reason, yeah. you know, and oftentimes I see it with pastors. The call to ministry is so great. Their intensity is so high. They set out with so many aspirations and hopes and longings and then they find out that it just sucks the life out of them right and they're just they're burned out and yeah. they know they need a change and they're just at the kind of the end they're in a cul-de-sac mm -hmm. you know so that that may be you or maybe you're a professional who has discovered that you're doing the right job for the wrong reason or maybe the wrong job for the wrong reason 
you're competent, but you're not joyful because it's not right. unleashing your very best. It yeah. truly is by every sense of the imagination mm -hmm. work. It's hard. Yeah. You, you even strain saying the word mm -hmm. work. Yeah, I hear that. I remember when I first met you, this is what I was dealing with. I was stuck in a cul-de-sac and I wanted to get out mm -hmm. and didn't know what to do next and didn't know how to transition. Right. And it was a circumstance of life where I felt like I was drowning and meeting you was really, really timely. And it was a uh i i don't know i i don't i don't want to try to make you sound like my jesus at the moment but you kind of were you know <laughs> please don't <laughs> yeah but like it was a saving grace because oh. uh, it helped me see okay i'm not stuck there is somewhere to go there is hope and it came in the most basic simple way so i don't know i'm just excited that you're talking about this because i know i'm not alone and i know there's people who are further along in life who felt like what i did a few years ago when i first met you so I'm just excited to hear just the things that you do share that are really, really useful in terms of feeling like you're stuck in a cul-de-sac. Yeah, I think if you're not currently in a cul-de-sac, chances are if, if you're over 40, you've been in one. Mm -hmm. And chances are if you're under 40, you will be in one. <laughs> <laughs> the way life goes. Uh, and maybe more than one time. And it, yeah. can be, it can be deeply discouraging. And the key is as much as anything else, you've got to remind yourself of some truths. Mm-hmm. And there are some fundamental truths. There's lots of truths that are going to inspire you. But I just picked a few today that I thought we could just talk about and yeah. maybe make this episode less of a how-to and more of a what-to, what to think Yeah. when you're in the time where you go, oh, I, I really need to change. Hmm. I really need to make a, a significant change. And it's really important that we have a, a mental game plan, something that you can tie to and remember, You know, something yeah. that you can write on your wall or desk or whatever and you can you can keep it because the transitions any transition you take is going to get hard right oh yeah and you're going to need to have something to remind you of that right when you went through that what was that uh two years ago right yeah maybe more yeah yeah it was 2013 so yeah two years ago yeah that makes sense so you you probably had to wake up and remind yourself of some things too right about oh yeah i mean i still <laughs> do you know i i feel I, it's People think once you're two years into it or whatever that you're s somehow have it all figured out, but you're still in the midst of a transition. It's a big life change. It's you accept it, embrace it, but you haven't fully adapted or assimilated into that life fully yet. You know, there's still things that you think back to. You still have certain pieces of doubts or whatever. So you still go back to the same notes that you got the first time while well, you and I had the conversation. Mm hmm. So, well, the, the thing that happens is that we get invested in the thing that we spend time with. Right. So oftentimes the more time we spend with something and doing something, the more we feel obligated to continue it. Mm -hmm. And the question really to ask yourself in that scenario, if you're trying to figure out if you should continue doing what you're doing is to say, well, let's assume that I'm not doing it today. Yeah. Would I start doing it? Is it something I would choose to do hmm. if I weren't doing it? Yeah. And if you're, if you could say to yourself, no, you know, I wouldn't choose to do this vocation. I wouldn't choose to do this. Well, let me say occupation rather than vocation because vocation is a calling. Right. Or as occupation is a job. And so if you say to yourself, you know, if I looked at the job that I have right now and I say, I wouldn't choose this if I weren't already in it, hmm. there's a good chance though you're in a cul-de-sac. Yeah. And it might be helpful for you to just 
think your way through and how you might make a transition to something that you would choose. Yeah. And I, I think I remember some, some of the questions you asked around that even as you took it deeper with me, you said, is this a profession you would choose? Yes or no. And if yes, is it in the organization? Are you in the organization yeah. that you would want to do it in? Is it the culture that you want it to right. be? And I remember even saying, after saying yes, I realized, well, the ultimate answer was still no, even though I started with yes. Yeah, because you you now fine tune it now. It's, right. it's now a question of, yeah, that's what I want to do. Is it where I want to do it and with the people that I want to do it with? Right, yeah. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of levels to that. Yeah. But for some people, I think when we're talking about the people who really need to rethink about rebuilding their future, often they stop right at the very first question because they know it's not even what they want to do. Just so. <laughs> So we're talking about people that are in that situation that are just kind of in this this habit. They've been doing something for so long, they perhaps don't know how to break out. So there are some principles, I think, it, that we want to think about or can think about with respect to putting a mental game plan together. Okay, let's go through the same process you went with me. Yeah. So what what's the first step? Well, the, I think the first step would, would be really to recognize that you have a choice and the profession that you're in the occupation you're in yeah. is part of the free will choice that you have. Right. I like the term chosen profession. I think mm -hmm. it says a lot. You know, yeah. what is your chosen profession? Because it is an empowering word to say that's chosen, chosen by me yeah. to to work on this. And it's a reminder really that that is our choice and yeah. our choice alone. And no one else can make it for us. Yeah. But it's also a daily choice because Every day, we have the choice to choose for what we do right. or choose to do something different. The problem is, is that, you know, as one of, as Gregory Burns, the psychologist said, our brain is a lazy piece of meat. <laughs> yep. So we don't want to challenge the very thing that we've been doing because our ego will want to defend it. Because again, we put so much time into it. Yeah. We don't want to say, oh, maybe it's all a waste. Because see, what you end up having to conclude is something about your own very identity mm -hmm. and worth when you say oh uh that ladder is against the wrong wall yeah if you come from a shame perspective going back to our episode on shame mm -hmm. i think episode 48 was it yeah you come from a shame perspective you have a harder time admitting that because now you're the problem yep. because it's on the wrong wall but a healthy mindset would say it would recognize as early as possible the earlier i recognize that it's on the wrong wall yeah. the more likely i can get it to a wall that's better for me yeah. And that would be good. So it's a daily choice to think about whether your profession is your chosen profession, the one that you want to give to it. But the other thing, too, is that it's a daily choice in terms of the level of intensity that you give to it. Right. I think, you know, what's funny listening to this is I think about the generations, my generation compared to your generation. Mm. My generation is known as the flip floppers, the generation who can't hold a job more than two years without wanting to change it. And then the generation you come from, it's like they take a job, they're still there. Yeah. You know, they're 20 years in, 30 years in, they're doing it. They're j it's just a very committed. Yeah. I think I'm on the tail end of that generation where you had employment at one location right. and steady Eddie. Yes. Well, it used to be that at that time that the first thing you look at on somebody's resume is how long they've had a position. Right. And that was supposed to be the sole indicator of whether they were a good employee or not. Right. You know, all other factors aside, just how long did they stay in one <laughs> job? You know? Yeah. And a lot of that shifted. Now, I, I actually read a report where 
Some companies are actually looking at it the exact opposite. They mm. want to know how many companies you've had experience with oh, so wow. that you can bring that diversity of experience there. Wow. I think there's probably problem on both edges of that. Yeah. You know, and I'm at the tail end of the of the generation who really valued strongly staying in an occupation for a long, long period of time. Yeah. I think my generation about when I was born and a little bit younger, the, the wake up call is already emerging that there is no such thing as lifetime employment in a company. And you have to look out after what's your chosen profession rather than what somebody assigns to you. Right. And uh, that's not going to come from one company. Yeah. And I think that's what I like about my generation right now is that, we did learn something from the generation before, though the generation before would like to think that we didn't. Mm -hmm. But we have learned that sticking to something just for the sake of money or security or stability, it's not really worth it. Yeah, that sometimes it's worth pursuing passion. I think or, I think that was absolutely true about the younger generation is that they're more in tune with what makes them come alive than right. the older generation might be. Yeah. Yeah. I think the older generation might be a little bit more duty bound or, right. you know, the sense of responsibility that they have. Yeah. Then the younger generation has more of a sense, per, sense of responsibility to themselves as a person. It's true. Rather than the holistic responsibility they might have to family or whatever aspirations that they want to leave lingering in somebody else's mind about them. You right. know? So uh, <laughs> younger people, I think in many ways, don't so much care about what other people think about how successful they are. That's yeah. probably not largely true, but I think, well, I think that may be largely true. It may not be individually true for right. some people. I, think that <laughs> I know what you're saying. Different. It might be a little different for the older group. I don't right. know. That's kind of interesting speculation. <laughs> so what else is there in terms well, so of our, the process? Yeah, so our profession is a daily choice, and I want to emphasize the word daily there because it ties into number two, just a, a reminder that it's so simple that it almost sounds silly to say it, but it's amazing how often we get sidetracked, and I find that I can often get sidetracked by it, is our future comes one day of, at a time. Yeah. You know, I think one of the problems with the younger generation, and I, if I could pick on your generation, <laughs> yeah, bring for a it. I think one of the problems is that the role models that the younger generation has is that they get success almost instantly. So they see Mark Zuckerberg, they see the instant internet billionaires, mm -hmm. and they don't want to stick with something long enough to see it become successful because right. they think success is measured in a few short years rather than over a lifetime of accomplishment. Yeah. Whereas that's the polar opposite of those in my generation and those that went before me was the like, you have to have a lifetime of accomplishment before you should expect to see results. Yeah. So I think that's a big polarity that's different. But the key here for us to remember this is that our future does come one day at a time and you have to begin today to make the changes that you want to make. Yeah. And we talked about this in one of the earlier episodes on leaving a legacy, right? Or a legend, right? Right. You want to be a, leg a legend or a legacy. Right. With Chuck. With Chuck uh, Stecker, yeah. yeah. And the question we want to ask ourselves, is this making us more like the person I want to become? Yeah. That's a daily choice that we make in everything that we turn our attention to. Is it making me more like the person I want to become? Mm -hmm. And if you don't know who you want to become, we could rewind all the way back to episode 14 and when we talked about how to cultivate a personal vision. Mm -hmm. That might be a good one to give a listen to. If you're not sure how to answer the question, well, what kind of person do I want to become? Yeah. That's a good episode to go back and listen to. But when we think about our future, we often think what we're going to do a year from now or five years from now or whatever, as it relates to some big thing is going to happen. We generally think in terms of something big that's going to happen. And yet you get there by making daily choices toward it. Yeah. 
And even though you may not feel like you've made a lot of progress, it's still coming a day at a time and you cannot take any more than a day at a time. The day's trouble is going to be enough of its own. Mm -hmm. You worry too much about what the whole future plan is. You rob yourself of the moment that you're in. Yep. So do the very best that you can in the moment that you're in. I have a note on, on my desk, a reminder I wrote, kind of part of my own mental game plan that says this, be present, do today's work, do not long for the new, dig the ground you've been given. Mm. Now that's my mental game plan for the future coming one day at oh, a time. That's short Just and sweet. Take it, deal with it. Don't be so worried about trying to get too many days done in one day. Right. <laughs> Just plow the ground that's right in front of me. Yeah. I love that. I uh, I remember bringing one of my friends, Skip, into the internship program at the church I was at to speak to our interns. And of all the speakers that we had, he his message was one that I love because it resonated with every student. And he came in making a very simple statement and asking a simple question. He says, every single day you're becoming something. Mm-hmm. What are you becoming? Mm-hmm. And he said, every new day, you have to ask yourself the same question. And your answer is based on the actions you take that day. So I'm going to ask you again, what are you becoming? Mm-hmm. What have you done today? And what kind of person are you turning into? If you like it, keep doing it. If you don't, then why are you doing it? And mm-hmm. he kept asking the same question and making different points. And I loved it because it just stuck. Yeah, and that's, you know? and that's usually where most of us will bristle because it makes us uncomfortable to be asked questions like that that we don't readily have the answer to. Mm-hmm. And yet that's the kind of question that we need to lean into. Right. You know? So if you're still with us in this podcast, because that question, which is a hard one, it is a hard one and yet a vital one for our future. Yeah. It's good to, it's good to know that. <laughs> Sorry, it might've been rough, but I liked it. <laughs> exactly. What else is there on uh, the, the list of the game plan? Well, for me, I think this is one of the crucial ones when you feel like you're in a cul-de-sac and you've been spending a lot of time and a lot of energy and you find that the ladder is up against the wrong wall. The truth is nothing of your past needs to be wasted. Right. And that really comes to the whole Christian worldview ethic that holds that the sovereignty of God is redemptive of all situations and anything that's happened in our past has a redeemable attribute about it. Mm -hmm. You're living testimony to that. Mm -hmm. With the past that you've had, if you haven't listened to this our means past. You'll hear about that back way back in episode one, reinventure <laughs> me slash one. But uh, you were a rock star in the crime uh, crime world. <laughs> yeah, right. And what a cul de sac that was. Yeah, a absolutely. Yeah, and I, and I don't want to sound like a broken record here, but there is a lot of decisions that you make in life because you believe a lie that whoever told you, whether it's media or your peers or whoever, but. The lie I believed at the time was money, power, and whatever else that came money and power was the key or the formula to happiness. So I went and got it. And then once I had it, I sat there and thought, wow, well, this kind of sucks. I'm not happy. I'm not joyful. I don't like myself. I don't respect the people who like me because I hate myself that much. So this is a pretty crappy life. I don't want this. Right. And then at that point, I think, well, what do I do now? But I think. Uh, just to your point, that there, no matter what this world tries to do to bring you down, that's the exact same thing God's going to use to redeem your life just to make a point mm-hmm. to this world, mm-hmm. that there's nothing that can bring you down mm-hmm. if God is for you. Yeah, that's right. And that's, that is so hard to remember, though, when you've invested so much time 
in an area, it can feel like an absolute, absolute waste of time. Yeah. And you go, why am I there? And like I said, we mentioned earlier that, you know, I've talked to pastors who've burned out. It's especially troubling for them because they feel like they were called into ministry and all of a sudden it didn't go the way they expected. And so they ask, what was that all about? <laughs> yeah. Why did I spend the time doing that? What, what was, what was to be gained from that? Yeah. And yet there is something to be gained. There oh, is something to no be harvested. Doubt. And that's the, every experience has the potential to serve our future. Yeah. And that's a key. It's just shaping you in a different way, giving right. you insight perspective that you couldn't have had if you only would have done a singular thing your entire yep. life. So exactly. right on. Yep. So I know you got a couple more. I'm excited to well, hear the rest. Yeah. So when we're in a cul-de-sac, it can feel awfully lonely and you can be focused just on how this affects yourself. And mm-hmm. here's the thing that I've discovered as I've seen people go through this and as I've gone through it myself, the principle the mental game plan reminder for yourself is your courage will inspire others. Yeah. When you take steps to your new future and you start expressing it with excitement and you start moving into it, you get people behind you to cheer you on because frankly, people don't like seeing other people stuck. They don't like seeing them miserable. It's a little depressing. I'm not going (laughs) to lie. You know, my wife will be the first to come in here and tell you that, I was no fun to be around when I didn't enjoy what I did. Yeah. You know, it's like, get that figured out. Yeah. I don't care what you do. Mm-hmm. Just get back to being a joyful person to right. be around. Right. You know? Yeah. And so the problem is, is that change is like that takes a tremendous amount of courage because you're shifting back to our episode on how to be a better beginner. Yeah. Right. You're shifting from something you know to something you don't know. And it, it feels like starting over and it takes incredible amount of courage yeah, and it feels like failure to have to admit it. And Vince Lombardi, you know, the famous football coach once said failure makes cowards of us all. Huh. And, and it's easy to become a coward and want to give up. And we may think it's too late for me to make a change. And we get the voices inside of us that tell us that we're no good at something or we're not going to make it. But if we can remember that even what we do and how we decide our new future can inspire others. Mm. I may have mentioned this in one of our earlier episodes, but there was a man I met when I was in my 20s. I was still in college. His name was Bill Threlkeld. I remember his name. Wow. And I don't remember, I mean, I only heard him speak once. Wow. But he so impressed me because at the age of 68, I think, he had just gotten his fourth PhD. Oh, because the first three weren't good enough. Well, he was one of the early guys to discover where the center of gravity is on the planet Earth, which was important for NASA to be able to keep a satellite in orbit. Oh, yeah. So he figured out where the mathematical center of gravity was for for Earth. And at 68, I think we may have talked about this in being a lifelong learner, he was still pursuing that and pursuing and doing stuff that was uh, valuable to him. And that stood out to me. That was inspiring to me that at his age that he would still, you know, decide he was going to go put the time in to go get a PhD because he wanted to. It was, you know, I'm in school and I wanted to get out. Right. He's at 68 wanting to get in. Fourth PhD. (laughs) Right. That's insane. Right, right. So, you know, when you want to give up, just remember it's just one step at a time and every step you take is going to inspire somebody else. So true. So true. I could throw out so many stories of people who've done that, but I won't because I want to hear this final point you got. (laughs) Well, this one's perhaps, 
I don't know, one of the hardest, but here's the thing. The truth of it is nobody else is going to run your race for you. You own it. Mm -hmm. It is your decision. If you stay stuck, it's on you. If you embrace your future and you move out in courage, it's also on you. Now, nobody else can run that race for you. Yeah. But you're, doesn't mean you're alone. Yeah. You're not the first person, you know, that will have gone through a significant change. If you're in the cul-de-sac and you realize this job is not getting me anywhere. We talked about building a bridge rather than a plank mm -hmm. in last week's episode. When we get to that point where we feel like that's what's happening to us in the job that we're in, just know you're not the first person to go through this and you're not the yeah. last. Yeah. And people have made this kind of transition and are making it right now. And that can be an inspiration to you as well via the earlier point. Yeah. You remember the movie, the edge where Anthony Hopkins is, is kind of that wise old CEO mentor and they yep. gets lost in the forest with uh, Alec Baldwin yeah. and they're getting chased by this grizzly bear. Right. And yeah. so Alec Baldwin's going nuts because the bear is going to kill him. That's his <laughs> paradigm. Right. And Anthony Hopkins is the voice of reason mm -hmm. saying other people have killed grizzly bears and his mantra that he gets Alec Baldwin to repeat over and over again is what one man can do. Another can do. That's right. You know, so when you are running this race, even though no one else can run it for you, you're not alone because there are other people that have gone through it. And one of the best ways to get inspiration, I think is to read biographies of other people. Hmm. And we often don't want to read biographies of successful people because they're successful. <laughs> you know, like, I, don't know, I don't care for their success, you know? Yeah. But read where they were at before they became successful. I mean, some people were really in much worse shape than you or I ever have been. So true. And they have decided courageously to own their challenges mm -hmm. and to step into them. And as you start moving in that, you're going to discover you're not alone because there are people like that that have gone through it. And there are people around you today that want to support you in your new venture. There are people who you have yet to meet that want to support you in your new venture. You start moving in the direction. You start discovering people that are there to support you in it as well. Yeah. And it gives you a newfound life right. in your relationships because you realize people really support you a lot more than you thought they would too. Yeah. Right and on. I think the, I think it takes that courageous first step. People will come behind you when they see you acting courageously. Yeah. Right on. So I'm scared to ask this part, but what's the, uh, what's the challenge? Cause I'm obviously <laughs> going to have to run with this myself. <laughs> well, I think a simple challenge may not be quite so simple, but I've given you five mental game plan truths. Mm -hmm. These aren't cast in stone. They're just ones that I came up with that I remind myself. I've got a list of five that I keep on my desk as a daily reminder of truths that I need to apply in, but create your own, you know, maybe use some of these. If one of one or two of them stood out to you and they're helpful, challenge me. Part of this, the takeaway might be come up with your own yeah. four or five truths that you need to remind yourself. That's going to keep you in the game, keep you moving forward, get you out of the cul-de-sac and move you on to the next chapter in your life. Oof. I'll try. <laughs> I'm going to actually try to do this. I, I don't like doing these types of exercises, but I'm actually going to try to do it. Come on. I bet you've got one already that you tell yourself every day. Not really. No? No. No. Maybe it's like a Nike commercial I replay just in my head. Yeah, just do it. But that's about it. <laughs> well, I can see you living that one out because you are a just do it kind of guy. Yeah. I heard you on the phone talking to somebody and you said you'd get back to them and immediately you went to your little task manager thing and put a little reminder in there. Yeah. For you. So like you, 
<laughs> told me when we first met you ate action items for breakfast. Was no, that it's it? an no a- it's your love language. It's my love language. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of my love languages. So I know just do it as part of your vernacular. That's true. <laughs> Nike rubbed off on me. Yeah. But you would not have been able to make the transition you made if you didn't hold to something that was hopeful to get you through that, yeah. uh, that game plan. Of course, your faith, too was a huge motivating part of that <laughs> yeah. because without hope we can't move anywhere yeah that was that was the biggest fuel to my fire right absolutely there. couldn't do it without that yeah absolutely so that's the thing that we need to remind ourselves of there are truths that can propel us forward and yeah. those are the ones that we need to cling to and move us and move us ahead so create your own that's that's the challenge i love it i love it well thank you larry i really appreciate this i know like i said <laughs> This was a saving grace for me having this conversation with you a couple of years ago. So yeah. for whoever's listening out there that's in the same cul-de-sac that I was in, I hope this was just as encouraging and motivating for you as it was for me. But if you did like this episode, just make sure that you uh, get the show notes at reinventure.me backslash 82. And if you want to subscribe to our show notes so that you can just get them every week emailed to you, just go to reinventure.me and just enter your email and subscribe to our podcast. Or you can check us out on Twitter at reinventureme, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Google+. Also, if you guys like this, please check us out on iTunes and Stitcher. Leave a comment or a review on there and let us know how we're doing. Tell your friends. That's right. And tell your friends about it because, you know, it's called marketing. And uh, we need that. It's called selfless promotion. Yeah, we like that. So do that. <laughs> but yeah, iTunes, it's reinventure.me backslash iTunes or uh, on Stitcher. You can get us at reinventure.me backslash Stitcher or our favorites. You can just leave a question or comment on reinventure.me or call us at 612-314-5447. Well, that's all the time that we have. I'm glad you were with us and we'll see you next week. Hola. You've been listening to the Reinventure Me podcast with your hosts, Larry Gates and Armin Asadi.